You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can always subscribe on iTunes or iHeartRadio or download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. In this episode of Press This, we're going to be covering the ADA, the American with Disabilities Act Section 508 and particularly uh, talking about accessibility and talking about that with us today, uh, joining us from a company called St. Pete Design, uh, Mr. Steve Curtis and Mr. Joe Lapresti. Welcome to the show, Joe and Steve. Hey, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Glad to have you guys on today. And where, where are you calling in from? Just so everyone here in the audience knows. We are in St. Petersburg, Florida. All right, all right. Is it is it as hot there as it is in Austin? We've got like 106, 110 degree days uh, this week. It's not not quite that hot, but I'm sure it's muggier here. I would think so anyway. It's pretty hot. Yeah, I think probably a little bit. Uh, Austin's close to the coast, but not right on it. So so we, we do get a little reprieve from the humidity. But I grew up in Houston, so I know that environment quite well. But um, again, thanks for joining the show today, guys. Really interesting topic. You know, as we think about accessibility, you know, you think about like, well, how big is that audience? Why, do, why does it matter? And is it, is it just like a good thing to do or does it actually have an impact? You know, it's interesting. I know you guys shared some stats with me kind of going into this and preparing for this podcast. But I thought one of the more interesting one was that 253 million people worldwide have some kind of visual impairment. So not only is it required by law to make your experiences accessible, um, not only is it, a, you know, kind of the right thing to do, um, but there's also this vast market of people 
people who have visual impairments. Um, and if you're trying to, to serve their needs and you're not giving them experiences that they can uh, digest and consume and, and browse, then you're really also, of course, missing out on opportunity there um, to help grow the businesses of the experiences you're creating. So super important stuff. Really, really excited to talk about it. Um, but before we get started, I'm just kind of curious, and, and maybe the short version of this story, since there's two of you guys, what is your WordPress origin story? How'd you guys get kind of get caught up in this WordPress stuff? Well, um, I I made my first WordPress site back in 2008, um, and I just instantly fell in love, actually, um, with the with the the management system, and uh, I've been kind of doing it ever since. And then in 2012, I started um, St. Pete Design, and um, and then Joe came on board, um, and um, we've uh, we've been doing it ever since then. So uh, I mean, it's really um, it's something that's uh, changed my life for sure. WordPress. So I'm I'm trying to get more and more active in the community, uh, and um, and so is Joe. Excellent, Joe. What about you? Was this uh, did did Steve get you on board and like reveal the wonders of WordPress, or was it something you had uh, discovered earlier? Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much about it. Um, so Steve, Steve wrangles you into St. Pete Design, and 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 you kind of pick up WordPress and, and just kind of take it from there. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, I've always been into technology and software and all that, and then uh, Steve came along and basically showed me WordPress. It was amazing, and been in love ever since. Awesome, awesome. I, I, I you know can think back to the people I've brought into the fold and and kind of hired or had joined teams and and discover um, you know kind of the capabilities and power of WordPress. It's always interesting to me to hear how other people kind of got their start. Okay, cool. So back to the topic at hand: accessibility and particularly the ADA section five hundred eight. That sounds very very particular. Um, but, uh, maybe you could help get, give us some insights into the ADA section 508. Like, what is it? Why does it matter? Uh, okay, well, yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, section 508 is, it's an amendment to the, to the United States Workforce Rehabilitation Act of 1973. This is the technical stuff, right? Um, it's, it's basically a federal law, uh, mandating that all electronic and, and information technology, um, um, used by the federal government um, is accessible to people with disabilities. So that's 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 what 508 is. It's it's a mandate for federal agencies. Okay, so why would that matter then if I was building experiences that didn't serve federal agencies, or does it matter? Well, at, go ahead, Joe. I was going to say at at this point, it's not law for somebody who's not dealing with the federal government agency. Um, you know, that's where WCAG comes into play. That's the worldwide standards. But as far as America is concerned, right now, it's only law for federal agencies. But we do expect it to be law very soon. Okay, so super, super important stuff to pay attention to. Uh, obviously, again, kind of in that notion of the right thing to do and the fact that there's so many people worldwide. So then the next question, like... How hard is it for people who are visually impaired to surf the web? Um, you know, like we've had screen readers for years. Um, you know, I know uh, one of our developers here created the Amazon Poly plugin and spent some time at the Texas School for the Blind. And he said they had just the most amazing technology for reading the web. But like, how hard is it actually for someone who's visually impaired to surf the web? 
Well, it depends. Um, it depends a lot on the website that they're trying to, to, to access, actually. Um, screen readers make it a lot easier. Um, they, they surf the, the internet by listening, Bl blind people do, I'm speaking of. Um, and, and actually, I think that most people who are not sight impaired would be amazed at how difficult it can be for, for uh, low vision or blind users to use the internet and the things that they have to cobble together just to, to go on certain websites and, and do some of the things that, that we take for granted every day. Yeah, you know, I've, I started my career in 96 doing tech support for an ISP and web host in Houston. I remember one of our clients blind and he used a screen reader and it took forever for the reader to even like parse through and, and read out all the options and, and even the notion of scanning. And, you know, certainly if the markup was bad on the page, then what was being read back to that person was, was brutal. And so I was, you know, trying to help him as he was getting different things set up and configured and just the way that, um, again, even the content he was consuming was tagged uh, was challenging. So I've, I've actually had that experience firsthand relative to you know supporting people with vision impairment. Um, but yeah, it's 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 not an easy thing. So obviously, like one of the first things you think about when making a site accessible is I need alt text on all the things. Um, but is that is that really that important? Is that like a key to making your site accessible? Uh, maybe Joe, I maybe I get your percep uh, opinion on this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, alt text, in my opinion, is one of the most effective and easiest ways to help the end user have a better experience on your site. Yeah, you can look. You can kind of look at it as like reading a book. It's the difference between a really good book and a really bad book because the alt text is what describes the pictures and and really all non content on your page, but mostly pictures to to the blind user. Um, so if there's not an, an accurate and good description of that picture, that user is really missing out on a lot of experience there. So I wouldn't have the alt text be tree. Uh, I might be more descriptive or, or image, right? I would have it be very descriptive of what it is. And so I shouldn't just use that to dump my SEO keywords in, right? Is that, is that the gist there? I should be descriptive? Absolutely. You should definitely be way more descriptive than, than tree. You know, you can, you want to describe the picture as best you can, because you're going to be dealing with a thousand pictures on your site. So, so it's the best you can, but absolutely. Okay. That's, that's good to know. Um, you know, and again, I kind of harboring back to that, uh, notion of stuffing those alt text, uh, <laughs> uh, attributes with keywords. Um, obviously you want to write them for the user. So that's, that's a good observation there. Um, but everybody hang tight and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more press this in just a moment. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. 
With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Press This WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing uh, Mr. Steve Curtis and Mr. Joe Lapresti. So, Steve, I have a question for you. You know, as a business owner, um, I'm guessing on, on some level a technology decision maker, is there a magic piece of software that I can like wave at this problem and make it go away? Like, what 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 solutions are out in the market that can help with accessibility and making your site ADA compliant? Right. Well, the, I, I wouldn't say that there's a magic single solution to to making your site 508 or ADA compliant, but there are um, several tools that that we use. Um, one of them is contrastchecker.com. Um, there's a Chrome extension and I don't want to go down a, a big list cause we do have a large list, but, uh, there's Chrome ext- extension, um, accessibility developer tools. Um, we use things like totally, uh, Capybara accessible. Um, and, and we actually, we, we've developed our own, um, our, one of our own tools for it's a plugin WordPress plugin. And there are other, there's a few WordPress plugins that you can use that will definitely help make your WordPress sites um, um, ADA compliant, but nothing nothing that will get you all the way there. I, I wouldn't, nothing that I found, no magic bullet. Yeah, that makes sense, right? There's there's so many different data structures within WordPress and, and ways to build sites. It's hard to build that kind of like catch-all solution that does everything. And of course, you also commented on different types of accessibility, uh, color contrast and um, you know, content management and so on and so forth. So I'm just curious, and I guess maybe Joe, go back to you for this question. Like, what can developers do to help make the sites they create uh, more accessible? Like, is it is it just that they're being lazy and not filling in the alt tags? Like, what do, what do you think? Like, what, what could they do as a practice, um, you know, kind of ongoing to make sure that they were making accessible experiences? Right. Well, that's a good question because we we find uh, we think this question is very important. I do not think that developers are just lazy. My personal opinion when I first came across this was that there just wasn't a lot of information out there. And when I did find the information, it was in typical government language, not in English. So, you know, it was it was very difficult to deal with. Um, as far as what we can do as developers, what we try to do is we've we've pushed forward uh, basically an 11 step process that you can just add to your workflow of building sites and software. You just add these things as you go and and you'll be adding minimal time, minimal effort, and you will make be making a big, big difference to the end user with a disability. So it sounds like your tip there is, look, just make this part of your workflow, make this part of what you do. Um, you know, you mentioned you guys have an eleven-step process for this, but the point is, come like, come up with your own way of you know addressing these concerns and making sure the site's accessible, and just make that a standard part of your workflow. Is that kind of the TLDR of that thought, Joe? That's absolutely right. You know, there's a couple of things: contrast ratio, text size, alt text, a few simple things you can do to add to your workflow that'll just make a huge difference. So. Uh, Steve, I guess then this question is for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that, that you're probably more more likely than Joe to be in front of a customer pitching a project, 
is this something that you line item out for them? Is it something you draw to their attention and say, oh, you're, you know, other agencies you might be considering should also be doing this. And if they don't, that's a warning sign. Are you selling it to them as an add-on? Like how do you, how do you get the customer to like buy into this, uh, this extra work? And, and again, maybe extra is the wrong word, but how do you get them to buy into this work, especially when other agencies you might be competing with aren't even offering it or even mentioning it? Yeah, and well, that's that's a great question, and it's come up at um, some of the the uh, local meetups, WordPress meetups that we go to, and the fact of the matter is, David, it, it's it's difficult because um, a, a lot of people just are uninformed. I I guess it would be you know not to sound bad or anything, but they they just don't know about it. They they don't they don't realize that they should make their websites um, um, compliant, uh, and it, it can be a hard sell. Um, especially if you're working with um, smaller to medium-sized businesses, um, you know it's it's not even something that's all. It's it's not easy to sell. I guess would be my my main <laughs> my main comment on that. Of course, when you're dealing with uh, local government agencies like we do, um, they understand that they need to uh, be in compliance. But a lot of businesses, um, you, you just have to you have to approach it from from the standpoint of look, this is how we can help people. And um, we we try to just kind of take that one side at a time. We're not always successful. They don't always want to do it, uh, but we definitely try to to mention it. And and in fact, we've thought about just just not even making sites that aren't compliant anymore, and just in, like you said, including it as a line item. Um, but it's something that um, that it's it's taking time to um, to kind of uh, get the general public to come on board with. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, and I've uh, just a little backstory on me. I actually ran a WordPress agency for five years. So I, I know this challenge of getting customers to buy on to doing the right thing. You know, it's funny you talked about how they just don't know. And uh, of course, ignorance is a curable disease. So uh, yeah. luckily, there's shows like this and, and people like you to help uh, kind of inform people of what you know their obligations may be or, or certainly how to go about things in the right way. So then as you're describing this, you mentioned, you know, okay, fine, you work with, with government agencies and they get it. Um, but then when you talk to people that outside of the government space, you know, there's some ignorance that, that goes into play there. And I've talked to other agencies that also, you know, have this as a focus of the work that they do. And some people will go with FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Uh, oh, my goodness, you're going to get sued out of existence. Others will go with a more positive message. You know, we're here to serve everyone, that kind of thing. And then you kind of mentioned that you've considered, well, we'll just do them all like that no matter what. And that's just the way it works. So, like, what have you found to be the most effective? Do you blend all three? Like, how do you get these customers to kind of buy into the fact that, yeah, it's going to cost me a little bit of money, but it's the right thing to do? Yeah, I, I think that uh, the, the main thing that is successful for us has been um, just letting the, the client know that, hey, you know, you are helping people. Um, putting a little bit of fear in them. I, I, I guess that could work too. It's not my personal approach, uh, but, but I, I think that educating them about how, how they're really helping people is, is the way to go. Yeah, catch more flies with uh, with honey, uh, I guess, or sugar, whatever the saying is. Yeah. Um, uh, right, better better approach. I remember I went to a meetup in San Diego, and uh, his his approach was the exact opposite. Like you walked out of there just in fear for your life and your clients' lives, <laughs> um, and their businesses that that they were going to just befall all these these terrible outcomes. Um, but look, those outcomes are real in certain in certain cases. And um, again, kind of this notion of really, you know, your your job as a developer is and and really as a business is to serve all of those people. 
And this is an important part of that. So despite any legal obligations, it's again, my personal philosophy, it's the right thing to do. So earlier you guys were talking about color contrast. And, you know, this is, I think, one of the things people overlook when they think about accessibility because they're always thinking, oh, screen readers and alt text and whatever. But like, what's the what's the deal with color contrast? Like, what are the minimum requirements for color contrast? Like, why, why, why does that matter? How should people go about that? Well, the minimum requirements for color contrast would be four and a half to one or three to one for links. So it's just really important to keep that in mind. You know, that's kind of also when you're in the design process of your site, the, you know, the designers got to make sure all the colors are meet the minimum requirements for the developer to get in there and do his thing. Uh, yeah, very true. You've got to do unless I guess you're doing these in parallel or you're kind of designing as you code. But yeah, that's a good point. In the design phase, you should be catching those, of course, because by the time you start to code it, then you've, you know, it's kind of too late at that point. But you mentioned that you did have this work through your development workflow. So I'm guessing, are you catching these things if the designer de delivers something that's the wrong contrast? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the designer does does their best that they can, but just like any any other position, you, you want your checks and balances. So we'll go through the developers. Not really too much worried about that. He's just doing his his to do list. Um, but then that's where we come in and we go through and we check everything. You know, you can use a contrast checker and we just put them in there and put the values real quick and see if we're compliant. Yeah, just do it, make it as part of your QA process. Um, you know, that makes a lot of sense. So um, one question on this, though. So is color contrast just a big deal for people with, with who are colorblind or also people that have, say, weak vision? Uh, well, this one actually touches on right a larger spectrum of people because you don't have to just be blind. And a lot of men are... are like colorblind and they have issues with with the color contrast so it's definitely includes a wider range of of users so color contrast of course um you know another way you could think about that of course is that you know the colors get washed out and you can't tell the difference between the two and then of course i suppose if you're colorblind of course you you can't everything in a sense looks gray so of course, you know, as a designer, like you love red for stop and warning, and green for go and good, uh, but that can't work obviously in a grayscale world. So, like, what what impact or what what influence do you think this has over design? Like, can you use color as meaning, or like, how should you go about that? Um, well, this definitely has a large impact on design, um, and and that kind of brings it to the next point with using color as meaning, you definitely do not want to rely on that as your only means of communication for somebody. Because like I mentioned, especially men are colorblind to certain colors. Um, so that person will have a very hard time deciphering what you're trying to explain and get across. Okay, that's interesting. So we've talked about color, we've talked about things like alt text. So I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and go into audio. Right. I mentioned earlier, and he's actually been a guest of the show and a co-host, Stephen Word, here at WP Engine, helped to build with Amazon to build the Poly plugin. It converts WordPress text to speech. And so now I've got the text is converted into an audio file. Am I good to go? Is there nothing else to do with the audio file for accessibility? And you guys are talking about things like uh, uh, converting it into, back into text, but like, what, what should I be doing with my audio files relative to accessibility? Well, your audio file, the way you had it set up, the way you explained would be good. Uh, we 
tend we try to encourage people to use YouTube. It's fantastic tool for developers and for accessibility because you can always put an audio file on there and YouTube will automatically convert that to text as well. Is that an accessibility for uh, for like how would that make it accessible if it's is it for like for braille readers or like if, is this for non visually impaired people like help me understand why the audio file wouldn't be sufficient for someone visually impaired? Well, the audio file for somebody who is vision impaired is sufficient. Um, so if you're just talking about a uh, you know a low vision individual, you're good. But if you're talking about the wide spectrum of uh, individuals with disabilities, you have to take into account everything: auditory, you know, visual, muscular, all kinds of things. Yeah, and, so, and hearing impaired people are are not obviously they they won't be able to hear your audio file. So you you want to have um, something for them to to be able to access your content. Right, right. So that makes sense, of course. I wouldn't be able to hear the audio. So just like we would uh, we would want to kind of set our our web content up to be converted essentially from text to speech if uh, if I can't uh, if I can't listen to that audio file then of course I'm going to need a convert uh, a text version of it you know it's so funny and I think about accessibility and its closeness to SEO and what's what's good for SEO is generally good for accessibility and vice versa and even this notion of converting your video and audio content to text and making it a web page to make it discoverable more discoverable by bots again so so much alignment there so if you have you're listening to the show and you have a background in SEO, it, it can be at least understanding those principles as you think about accessibility, it can be a nice kind of comfortable fallback place. Again, so long as you're not like stuffing keywords in your alt text and you're actually being descriptive, um, you know, that's that's kind of some parallels there um, that you could think about. Um, but everybody hang tight and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. Through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. St. Jude continues to advance by increasing cure rates in childhood cancer. And donors are important to us because you get the feeling that you have a team behind you. When it comes to research and advancements, there are some things that only we can do because we have the resources and we have the focus. And so if St. Jude doesn't do it, who will? St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Press This WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing uh, Mr. Steve Curtis and Mr. Joe Lapresti. So um, when you 
take the captions from those audio files. Um, do you do anything special with that in WordPress? You just make a post out of it? Like, how do you guys deal with that in your WordPress context? We like using YouTube because, like I said, you can add the audio file and then YouTube will autom you can have it set to automatically add the uh, closed captions and then you can just copy paste your your URL and stick it in your in your WordPress page and then it'll show that. And, and okay, another thing is, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, David, but uh, if you're to to add captions to your um, to your audio files, you can go in the WP admin area and they give you um, a, a, a an area to with a text box uh, where you can enter a caption for your audio file. So that's actually something that WordPress gives na native support to. So nice, nice, nice. It'll be interesting to see how things like this evolve with the Gutenberg release and the blocks and. Um, how might we express accessibility in the block system in Gutenberg? As a matter of fact, I know there's quite a bit of debate around that right now uh, relative to Gutenberg and accessibility in general. Um, so certainly there's some challenges ahead, um, but I think you know the flexibility of that approach hopefully will give us more tools like that to use um, as we build our sites in the future. So I want to kind of shift gears a little bit here and start talking about links. I remember back in the day I was making a, a, a website and my boss said don't don't say click here is the text link uh, make it something more descriptive and I thought that was a really you know kind of something I kind of kept with me and I know that there's an accessibility uh, angle to that so I guess here for my last question like what is your strategy on anchor text like does it matter does it affect the screen readers why is it important yeah it, it matters a lot actually um, it, it, again uh, like you just mentioned something like click here it doesn't work. It doesn't help someone um, who's visually impaired. Where are they clicking at? It, you know, they have no idea because they're listening to it with their screen reader. So what we try to do is, whenever we have a link text, we try to make it as descriptive as possible to let the the end user know that that um, exactly where they're going and what that link does, so that they um, they know where they're clicking actually and where they're going to go. All right, all right, all right. Good tip. Well, thanks, guys, for all the insights into your accessibility strategy. I know I certainly learned a lot, uh, and I wanted to thank you guys for coming on the show today. Thank oh, you're you, welcome. David, for having thank us. You. Yeah. Awesome. So, thanks again, and thanks everyone for listening to Press This, the WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. Again, this is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.